We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, Lakers Nation. Welcome in. Trevor Lane here for LakersNation.com, your home for everything Lakers. This is the LakersNation.com live post-game show. If you're coming in from YouTube, from Facebook, from Twitter, welcome. If you're listening to the podcast version of this over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever, welcome as well. Oh, my goodness. The Lakers lose by one to the Clippers. Anthony Davis' shot at the buzzer goes about as far down in as a shot possibly can and then falls out. Rough one, rough run, rough one. We saw the Lakers battle all the way back from a 17-point deficit. Looked like for certain moments towards the end that the Lakers were somehow going to pull it off, but could not get the stops that they needed. Joining me is Matt, the optimist Peralta. Matt, we've got a bumpy road ahead here, don't we? We sure do. Uh, the Lakers with the perfect tank job had they had a first-round pick in the upcoming draft here, Trevor. Yeah, it really is, isn't it? It really is, isn't it? It's it's the kind of thing where if you were if you were a tanking team, you would want to show fight and you would want to lose by one, right? And that's yep. that's ultimately but of course the Lakers don't have a pick, so they can't tank right now. Um, I am the embodiment of the Michael Scott I am dead on the inside GIF right now. That's just how I feel after that loss. That was brutal, man. Oh, Yes, it certainly was. It certainly was um, not, you know, on one hand, there were moments where the Lakers just looked like nobody was stepping up. You know, Anthony Davis was doing his thing and no one else was doing much. And then they went on this run in the fourth. <laughs> they managed to get stops. And it looked like they were actually going to pull it off and they were going to win this thing. Malik Monk hit a bit big three late uh, on kind of a broken play, but he knocked it down. And each trip down from there on, the Clippers scored. And Reggie Jackson scored right at the end there. I know a lot of people are already in the chat talking about Russell Westbrook and, and him kind of gambling there rather than just holding his position when he went over to double Reggie Jackson, which I think doubling Reggie Jackson in that moment was the right move. I don't know why he shot out towards the corner the way he did. Maybe he thought a step back was coming and he was going to contest that. But in any event, um, Jackson scores. Anthony Davis goes down the other way and it just falls out um 
big picture looking at this, I see a lot of people that are upset saying AD and Russ playing, Kawhi and Paul George not playing. There's there's no reason to lose this game. And I you can't really argue with that. This isn't a game that the Lakers should have found a way to lose. And yet they were losing convincingly until they embarked on this late run. So what do we take away from this, Matt? Like, where do we, where do you go from here in terms of trying to assess this team? Because certainly this wasn't a situation where the Lakers looked good all game. This was a situation where it looked like they just finally got things going at the very end of the game. And then it was just too little too late. Um, I think a, couple initial thoughts uh the lakers really miss lebron james i I think that's pretty safe to say um two um kind of going back to this whole idea of the lakers have really no margin for error um i don't think it was surprising that frank ended up closing most of the fourth quarter going to you know players like malik monk austin reeves um ad played a lot in that fourth quarter um i think the omission of avery bradley was pretty glaring at least for me personally because you know we've seen bradley play a lot of fourth quarter minutes uh didn't see the floor at all um so you know that i thought that was a nice adjustment from vogel but basically where i'm going with that is that i think it goes to show you that you know, if we're allocating minutes to the players that deserve to play more at this point of the season, I think you don't see losses like these nearly as much as you do recently. So, um, and then my last takeaway or my last, you know, thing I'm really looking at right now is that um, the Lakers are in such desperate need of a competent 3 and D wing, at least one more. Um, I don't think it's surprising that, you know, Trevor Reza had a pretty decent game and the Lakers are suddenly able to make a comeback like tonight. Um, you know, we've been pretty hard on Ariza recently. He just hasn't been playing well. I thought tonight, even though he only scored five points and had a rebound, I thought he has he had a really solid two-way performance for the most part. So if the Lakers can get, you know, that version of Ariza on a night-to-night basis and add one more person that's, you know, similar in ilk, I think the Lakers will look a lot more competent. But until that happens, I kind of just feel like, like we said at the top, it's a bumpy road from here on out. I feel like you're, you're hitting the nail on the head in terms of what the Lakers need, whether it's on the trademark or the bio market, whatever. I don't think you can count on Ariza to be playable on a night to night basis, but it's also why, you know, people have been giving us grief. Oh, you guys thought Ariza was going to do something. No, we said over and over and over again that yes, Ariza is older, but you're missing his skill set. You don't have that guy. You didn't, the Lakers came into the season totally unprepared at the wing position. And then yes. Ariza got hurt and made it even worse. And now Carmelo Anthony is hurt with the hamstring. Who knows that's going to keep keep them, uh, him out. But the Lakers in this game, the reason why they got going with Ariza on the floor was because look at the starting lineups. Look at what happens in the starting five. You had, what was that, 6-7 Amir Coffey against 6-2 Avery Bradley. Yep. You had 6-3 uh, Malik Monk going up against Nick Batum, who's 6-8. 6'8", Marcus Morris against 6'6", Stanley Johnson. You're at a size disadvantage and a big one at three positions on the floor because the Clippers have wings and the Lakers don't. They just don't have those guys because on most nights, Ariza isn't playable. Fortunately, Ariza was solid in this one. He was solid. If the Lakers can find somebody to be that big wing for them and and add that to Stanley Johnson, who they also had to unearth uh, and find another diamond in the rough that they got, then maybe you can start to see things come together. But the size factor for the Lakers was certainly a problem tonight. And that's part of the reason why the Clippers shot so ridiculously well. I mean, 43% from three for the Clippers and six of seven for Marcus Morris because he's shooting over the top of everybody who's defending him for the most part. 
Yeah, I mean, just goes to show you, man, the Clippers are such a well-coached team. Like, it's, I, and, you know, this is coming from a Lakers fan, right? Um, they have done really well all season long. They haven't had Paul George for a lot of this season. He's still out for, you know, who knows how long. And then Kawhi's been out the whole year. Um, but it kind of goes to show you, you know, what good coaching does as well as what roster construction that makes sense does. Uh, like you said, the Clippers got a lot of two-way guys that, you know, not aren't necessarily stars or, you know, have, like, a lot of scoring chops or whatever, but... They play within themselves. They have a clear identity. They know what they're doing when they're out on the floor. They know how to execute. And, you know, it's it's like um, these are like almost polar opposite teams, right? As far as like in this stage of the season, the Lakers have stars still in Anthony Davis and Russell Westbrook. Um, that's, you know, how their team is built. And then the Clippers right now, as currently constructed, are relying on a bunch of role players playing within themselves. Um it's 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 and like you know back to that earlier comment about you know the lakers have no excuse because they've got their best players available like you're you're absolutely right the lakers should technically have won this game i still believe that but you gotta hand it to the clippers too for just they've been playing well all season they are a very stingy team and um one thing that i've been thinking about is like i can't tell if they're a buyer or seller at the trade deadline right now who the clippers yeah like i what would you like they're a buyer but for next season I think I think they're a buyer. Think they're so? a buyer for next season. If there's an opportunity there, they're a team that'll that'll look to do something like that. Or if they get good news on Paul George, because I think I think it all hinges on Paul George. If Paul George is coming back, then Kawhi I think will come back, and then they'll try to make a push. If Paul George isn't going to come back, then Kawhi will say, "Nah, just let's wait till next year." And I don't think they'll do any like one like they're not going to go trade for somebody who's on an expiring contract that they could just lose in free agency. I don't see them doing right. something like that. Yeah, uh, I mean, I don't too, but it's just, it, it's it's so unfortunate, man. Like, if the Lakers looked and played as well as the Clippers do with the star and talent that they have, the stars and the talent that they have, they'd be a much better team. So, I gotta address this, Matt. I've seen this going around on Twitter, and now I've got people in our chat saying the same thing. The way Lakers went too early on the AD lob, the, the Russ lob to AD for the dunk to go up one. They're saying the Lakers went too early. You can't leave that much time. This isn't football. This isn't, you're not, you're not worried about, oh, you left too much time for Aaron Rodgers or too much time for Patrick Mahomes or, or whoever. Mm-hmm. This, that's not the way you play the game. It, in bat, you're down one, you go early, and then if you miss, you can foul and you're down three, and then you can attempt to take a three to tie. The Lakers, mm-hmm. were, that wasn't a bad call by Vogel to go when, when so. they did. You have to do that. Otherwise, you're, you're basically putting the whole thing on that one play. If you want to wait and take the buzzer beater at that point, fine. But then you're putting it all on that one shot. You might as well go early and then fight and then give yourself another chance to come back and tie the game. If need be, you're giving yourself two opportunities to at the very least tie. If you go early, whereas if you don't and you make that your buzzer beater shot, when there's 18 seconds or whatever on the clock, you dry, you wear that clock all the way down and then shoot. That's it. That's your one opportunity to win the game. And that's all you get. Yeah, you know, I personally didn't even I, I had no problem with the Lakers, you know, executing that play out of the timeout. Um, you know, you go up by one and then I think playing into Vogel's decision there to go that quick was probably the fact that the Clippers didn't have a timeout to call. So, you know, you score a basket. I think there was about 12 seconds or so left. And, you know, you 
basically put it on the backs of your defense to get one stop. I, I, I have no problem with it personally. Um, it's just it didn't work out in the Lakers' favor, so I know people are going to be upset and think that, you know, in hindsight, they should have just held on for the last shot. But who is to say that that last look would have been any better than what the Lakers got on an AD lob? That was, you know, perfect. If you can get a quick two like that where you know for sure you're going to score, I say you have to do it and then just hope that you can get a stop on the other end. I mean, for all the grief that people give Frank Vogel, and some of it rightfully so, the yeah. play out of a timeout got your, your highest percentage play a wide open Anthony Davis dunk you've got to take that you have to take yep. that when when that's there you can't just go oh no 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 wait 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 hang on I want to burn more of the clock right now no you take that every time mm -hmm. uh, yeah that's, if they go up they go up and you'd rather be up one than down one in that situation so mm -hmm. uh George Torres said from from YouTube said West Brick, of course, screwed up on the last defensive play. Matt, you and I were talking about this too. He <laughs> doubled were, yeah. he doubled Jackson, but let him split the double team. Never should have happened. Even Charles Barkley agreed. So let's talk about that. That final play, Rustbook, Rustbook, Westbrook went over and went to double, which I think was the right play. Clock winding down, the chances of Jackson kicking out and having and that person he kicks it to having time to do a lot probably wasn't great so he goes he doubles Jackson who at the time was making a spin I don't know if maybe he thought it was going to be a, a step back or what he was thinking there but yeah it was it almost reminded me do you remember when Stefan Diggs was with the Vikings <laughs> yes and, the uh the Minnesota Miracle yes, yep yes it reminded yep. me a little bit of that the way he just missed he just completely missed and um, I don't know what would have happened. Let's say he had held his ground defensively or, or, you know, had the correct positioning. It's possible Reggie Jackson could have still hit the shot, right? We don't, we don't know, but that allowed him to spin and get to the basket and finish right at the rim. Um, the mistakes Westbrook makes can sometimes be loud. And I think that was, that was certainly one of them. Yeah, it was, <laughs> Very, very ill-timed defensive mistake and one that I'm sure people will uh, rightfully take to the house as far as, you know, their arguments for why Westbrook isn't good, um, which is unfortunate because he had a really good fourth quarter. Um, you know, um, he hit a big three, got to, he had, he was at the top of the fourth, had like his own little 6-0 run, got the Lakers within like two or four points, I believe. And so um, it goes to show you what the Westbrook ride looks like, right? Gets you back into a game and then on the last couple plays or in this case, the last play makes a critical mistake that leads to a basket. Yeah. Uh, just not, not a good way to end the night for Westbrook, who I thought was, you know, redeeming himself a little bit in the second half. What about Reeves? I'm seeing a lot of people that are saying it was Reeves fault on that play. Mm, I felt, kinda... I felt like he, he cut off baseline. No, he, physically he got bumped off a little bit. And so you can say he yes. should have done better there, but he kept hands up and he cut off baseline and sent sent Jackson into help, which is what you're supposed to do. That's what you're supposed to do. Yeah. Right? He, you could argue he needed to be a little bit stronger there and not allowed himself to get bumped off so much because that allowed Jackson to get pretty much right to the rim there. So you yeah. can make that argument, but again, that that's his job in that scenario is to not allow that baseline drive and force him into help. And that's that's what he did there. Yeah, I mean, I can't really fault Reeves too much there. Um, I mean, to be fair, Westbrook was also closing in, so maybe he thought he had help that way and they were going to just stay there and trap. But, you know, 
be, being stuck in the corner on a, on a possession like that is a very bad position to be in. I'm, and so, you know, credit to Jackson for making the spin move to get out of it. But uh, yeah, just kind of a lapse on the Lakers part there for sure. All right, let's get into some more of the stuff going on here. Actually, you know what, before we leave Russell Westbrook, Matt, you, me, the, the Lakers Nation staff, we were talking during the game. The offense was taken away from Russell Westbrook in the fourth quarter. Sure was. Instead, the keys were handed to Malik Monk. It was very noticeable. Mm -hmm. They said, uh-uh, we're not running through Russ anymore. Malik, you're handling the ball, running pick and roll, and Russ was off ball. Now, Russ, like you mentioned, Russ made some nice plays in the fourth quarter. He was not he was not terrible or anything. I'm not saying like, oh my gosh, this was the equivalent of Russ getting benched on the floor or anything. No, that's, that's not what this was. But I did think it was interesting that the offense made a very conscious decision. Frank Vogel, the coaching staff, they made a very conscious decision to have Malik Monk as your initiator instead of Russ. What did you think about that decision and how it played out for the Lakers? I mean, obviously it worked out well. Malik came up pretty clutch, you know, not not only the three-pointer to give the Lakers a lead, but right before that, cutting the lead to one after the and one over Serge Ibaka. Um, so that was encouraging to see. I mean, Monk is just so much more of a dynamic threat on ball, you know, as a jump shooter and as a driver, more than Westbrook is, to be fair. Um, and, you know, I think the... I don't know. I think, I guess from my point of view, right, this is exactly what it would look like if LeBron was healthy, right? You would just have the ball in LeBron's hands and you'd still have Westbrook off to the side, you know, off ball. Um, that's just kind of what the Lakers, I think, are going to look like in crunch time when everyone's healthy, you know, God willing. But um, in a game where it was this close, I, I, did, I did think it was pretty glaring that the Lakers were going toward Monk in the end instead of, you know, having Westbrook come down and initiate offense, right? Um you know, um, not necessarily what you're paying Russ to do mm -hmm. uh, to stand off to the corner uh, when your other star is out. But I think Vogel at this point is in desperate need of production when he can get it. And so if it's going to be Monk in that moment, so be it. So let's get into some of the stats here. 21 points from Malik Monk, seven boards, seven assists. My gosh, he has a bargain on a veteran minimum deal. Eight for 19 shooting, three for eight from three. Russell Westbrook, seven for 18 shooting, six boards, four assists, one steal, one block, 17 points for him. Uh, he was in single digits for most of the night, then kind of got things yep. going in the fourth, uh, including a big three late in the late in the fourth when the Lakers really needed it. Anthony Davis, yes, Anthony Davis, I'm not even going to ask you on this, Matt. He's the he's the 360 award, 12 for 24 shooting, 30 points, 17 boards, two assists, two steals, two blocks. Great performance from him. Uh, AD was great. And Russ was okay-ish. I mean, Russ was not bad in this game. Uh, yep. Monk was great. And it still just was not quite enough. You just didn't quite get enough contributions from the rest of the team in order to put this game away or, or get the job done anyway, complete the comeback. Uh, can I just say, or can we finally just put the trade AD stuff to rest now? <laughs> I, I'm serious. Yeah. Like, this is exactly why you and I were preaching you don't trade AD for, like, pennies on the dollar. Uh, I think he is showing people that he is legitimately a two-way force and one of the best players in the league when he is healthy. I know it was frustrating to wait for it, but here he is. So it's great. It's just not really resulting in wins right now, but that's to be expected without LeBron. But, yeah, uh, AD was great. I don't really know what else you can say about the stretch he's having other than this is the AD we hope for at the beginning of the season. Um, do you think he looks, you know, less bulky? I, I think mm -hmm. he does personally. 
I think he looks, I don't know if it's a less bulky thing for him, but he definitely looks more spry. He looks more agile. Yes. He's quicker. He looks, he looks closer to the 2020 Anthony Davis, certainly than the AD that we saw at the beginning of this season. And yeah, bouncier looks mm -hmm. more mobile. Um, you know, I, he's obviously playing harder, which I'm sure is contributing to this, but just physically, he looks great. And I think if there's any takeaway to have, you know, these past couple of weeks is that AD looks healthy and that's, you know, one step of the way for the Lakers getting back to where we thought they would be. The other half is obviously LeBron. Yep. Yeah. I mean, you got to get LeBron back, but again, they, the Clippers are missing their guys too. Like this. Yeah, I know. The, that's the, the rub. Thing. Uh, Nick, I'm going to get into some of these super chats. Nick Koselian from YouTube said 25 and 28. LeBron sipping wine at home. No urgency. If LeBron is chill, why are us fans not chill? I told you, man, when, when LeBron tweeted what he did, I said that a lot of people were, were not going to be pleased take with that. that the way. fans were going to be upset. In fact, I'm going to find the tweet. But what did you think? Oh, okay. Here's some news from uh, Om Young-Misik from uh, uh, ESPN. Paul George having an MRI on his elbow on February 24th. Um, they hope for good news there. We'll see what happens with him. But I'm going to find that LeBron tweet so I can read it verbatim. But he basically said, you know, good game, the guys fought hard, that type of thing. And most of the comments were not happy with LeBron James. Oh, here we go. Great game, Mr. October with a big time shot to end it. Salute. That's what LeBron puts out there on Twitter. Then he said, just needed one stop down the stretch. Bros battled through on the second night of a back-to-back. -back. What do you think? Is yes. that... It, what is that aside? Like, should people be upset with comments like that from LeBron? I mean, I personally don't think so. I mean, other than giving Reggie Jackson credit for a tough shot in the, you know, stressful moment and congratulating or not congratulating, but at least giving the team props for battling back after being down 17. You know, I understand why that would rub people the wrong way. Um, but I don't really read too much into it other than LeBron saying, you know, good effort. Mm -hmm. I mean, what is what is i mean i know people probably want lebron to be pissed and you know call his team out for you know losing a game but at the same time like i think there's been enough negativity surrounding the lakers this season so i don't necessarily see a problem with trying to be more upbeat and spin things in a more positive light yeah and i understand it's there's going to be that extra little annoyance from lakers fans if it's a loss to the clippers like if it was a loss sure. if they had lost to I don't know, the Orlando Magic. Like if it was the Portland Trail, the, the Blazers see the Lakers as like their big rival. If they had lost to the Blazers, Lakers, it it wouldn't have that little extra, you know, whatever to it. But when it's the Clippers, that's gonna get Lakers fans even more upset. And then fans are gonna be upset that he doesn't seem that upset, right? So that's you know, that's why people react the way that the way they do. But I don't know. Should should fans be chill because LeBron seems chill? Not necessarily. I mean, this is the way fans are. This is the way yep. fans are. I admit, I yelled a certain word when Anthony Davis's shot rimmed out. Yes. My wife got Same. mad at me because my daughter's sleeping and the dog was afraid and, and all that kind of stuff. But um, we, we get wrapped up in this stuff on a different level sometimes. That's okay. That's part of being a fan. Yeah, I mean, however you want to react, totally fine. I mean, me and you, are, you and I aren't saying don't be mad, but at the same time, I don't think it's necessarily fair to project your feelings onto a player who, when is healthy, has the power or authority to 
affect the outcomes of games. So maybe that's why LeBron's chill, because he knows once he's back, he probably feels confident in his ability to lead the team to wins. So um, he's also been at this a long time, and he knows this is just one loss. So I know a lot of people don't want to hear that, Mm -hmm. but um, he's playing the long game. That's how I've always rationalized LeBron's reactions to games and stuff like that. I think, you know, the other thing that might rub people the wrong way, though, is he doesn't tweet stuff like this out after every loss. So... You know, that could be playing a part into it, especially against the Clippers, like you mm-hmm. mentioned. But I don't know. You know, as far as the Lakers-Clippers thing right now, I don't really feel much of the rivalry, especially since stars are out. You know, like the, you know, the matchup or like the rivalry, I guess, quote unquote, quote. doesn't really feel like one right now, eh. at least to me. It, it it's, it's not the same. Like two years ago, two seasons ago, it was like the NBA's like, yes, this is it. These teams hate each other. Let's go. You know what I mean? Like this was the marquee matchup. And even last year, this this was the matchup, right? This year, obviously the stars being out, it takes something out of it. But at the same time, I'll admit, and even I try to step back as much as I can. But this is why, this is why in terms of journalism, I can't be the guy that says, oh, no, now I'm doing this professionally. I, I relinquish my fan card. I'm not a fan of any team anymore. I'm an objective observer. And even though most of you can probably tell which journalists are actually fans of certain teams, even though they say, oh, no, no, no I'm an I'm <laughs> unbiased third party now. And I don't, you know, I'm, I don't root for any team anymore. Um, but this is why I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be myself if I tried that approach here, because I do get invested in the games. And it did bother me to see Reggie Jackson dancing, right? They're oh, sure. At, at I still think of it as Staples Center, but it's at Crypto.com Arena and smiling and holding up the Clippers jersey and all that kind of stuff. That that didn't sit well with me. Uh, and I'm sure a lot of other fans agreed. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. No, I mean, that's totally your... um you know, within your rights to do that. I guess for me, it's just more like I've kind of stopped trying to get so invested into every single game. Otherwise, I would probably be bald mid-season, especially this season of all seasons. Um, and like I said, I, I, yeah, and I, and you know, again, I think if the teams were, you know, before the season or like not before the season, but if both teams were at like the height of their powers and they were competing and, you know, they were neck and neck for standings at the top and championships were on the line, et cetera, et cetera, then yeah, I'd be way more invested in this game. But given how the Lakers have been playing and given where the Clippers are too, like it's just to me, like, yes, there's maybe a little bit added motivation to, to win this game outright, but also 
I, I guess I'm just not there quite yet with this season. I don't know. Maybe that's me being nihilistic after watching so many losses like these. I had a comment here that said that if you played basketball, you know, after a game like this, you go and you congratulate your opponent in that situation. That's just LeBron being that thing. And I, and I think about that. There's some truth to that as a coach. That's how I was as a coach. That's yeah, how I was. I was but, um, yeah. I can understand why fans would not be the same way. I mean, I, I think the other thing, too, is that there's been a lot of turnover for both teams. So it's not like these are the same rosters that have, like, you know, hated each other. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like a lot of that bite is gone from both teams. And so maybe that's part of it as well. Um, yeah. You know, I, I'm i not really upset about LeBron's comments, to be honest. Like I didn't really have a reaction to it other than, oh, OK, that's cool. He's just trying to prop his guys up. Can't really blame him for that. All right, I've got a few more super chats to get through here. Dre, uh, Dre Johnson, a bunch of them here, actually, um, which thank you guys very much for that. We certainly appreciate it. Uh, I said on Bleacher Report before Chuck said what he said. Shouldn't Rush shouldn't have been gambling? Yes, and we talked about that one. Uh, should have trapped Reggie and made him pick up the ball. Agreed. Uh, yep. Darius G, why not hold for the last shot? We already addressed that. Why strategically you don't want to do that? Uh, Mook Morris said, damn, we haven't beaten the Clippers since the bubble. It sucks that they have better role players than we do. And still, we find a way to lose. Oh, my heart. Yeah, I mean, it's... Oh, that is true, huh? It's It's been a while since the Lakers have defeated the Clippers. And again, that kind of adds into this whole just annoyance that's there from the other team in L.A. Yeah, I, again, I mean, I know there's some added... I know I don't know if I'll say tension or whatever, but yeah, I mean I, I get it wanting to beat the Clippers. But again, I'm coming from a place where I've never once felt that the Lakers and the Clippers truly have a rivalry other than being in the same city and sharing the same arena. That's just my thing. Uh I'm way more upset when the Lakers lose to teams like the Celtics, for instance, because that will never sit mm -hmm. right with me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I that's that's completely different for me. I've got a question here from YouTube said update on mellow. I haven't seen anything yet, but I haven't really been looking. So I don't know if something was said in the post game, his hamstring was clearly bothering him. I would look, we'll find out the severity from what I, I saw. I believe he's going to get some more tests done tomorrow, but hamstring injuries are notoriously tricky. And yeah, I'm, I would not be expecting him anytime soon. If it turns out, it's just a minor strain. Great. But usually hamstring stuff is is bad news. You're you're looking at you're looking at some time missed, which is yet another player the Lakers will be missing due to injury this season. Can I read you a Frank Vogel quote that he just came out with? Please do. I just want to know what your thoughts are on this because I, I wasn't sure how to feel about it. Frank Vogel and Anthony Davis via our Lakers Nation Twitter account. If he plays this way when we're whole, we can win a championship. If Anthony Davis plays this way when we're whole, we can win a championship. Mm -hmm. If this was last year's team, yes. Oh, you went that way. So no, we we had this we were having this conversation with our text thread today for the for the Lakers Nation. We were talking about the difference between this season and last season because last season we did the exact same thing. It was constantly, constantly, obviously, and I know because I was hosting this show the whole time. It was okay. In two weeks, when, when this guy healthy. comes back, what does <laughs> this look? Oh, okay. Now these three guys are hurt too. Okay. In a month, when these guys come back, what is this? Gonna, okay. Now that guy's hurt. Okay. Now when this guy comes, oh, now Schroeder has COVID. Okay. Well, let's wait until the playoffs then. We're doing the same thing. But last year's team, 
last year's team, we saw at the beginning of the season, they were great. They were great, yeah, right? They were really good. We 21 and seven, number one. We've never seen great from this year's team. Last year's team was great. And then injuries piled up. And that, that was it. That was the rest of the season was one injury after another, after another, literally the entire season, right? Yep. This year, the injuries have still been there, but we have yet to see great. So I think if I'm being honest, I think that's a little overly optimistic from Frank Vogel. Of course, what else is he supposed to say? You know, right. I True. mean, but I do feel like that's a little overly optimistic. I do like what we're seeing out of Anthony Davis. I do think that AD uh, playing at the level he's at can help you be a championship caliber team. But I don't know if the other guys, the non-LeBron, non-Anthony Davis guys have enough juice to get the job done this season. I think so far what we've seen has pointed towards the negative in trying to answer that question. Pretty jarring you left Westbrook out there, huh? There might have been a reason for that. <laughs> I only asked because I was in the same mindset. Like one when are they going to be whole that's an important question and then two um i've been thinking about this a lot going back to you know the whole idea that we haven't seen the lakers completely healthy um i guess it's hard for someone like me who is generally pretty optimistic is that there's like no proof of concept with this team none haven't seen it Kendrick, don't know no. what it yes there's been <laughs> i like it um there just hasn't been though um and it sucks because I think on paper in the offseason, yes, there were very glaring holes on the roster that I thought could have gotten addressed, but I didn't think that the Lakers would be a ninth seed trying to stay in the play-in tournament. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And so it's, again, a combination of a lot of factors as to why the Lakers are struggling. But at the end of the day, it is unfortunate that they are in this position. And after seeing this team play now, it's... How I don't I mean I get for Vogel side of things he's probably has supreme confidence in this team once they're healthy but as a fan you kind of just have to it's just like not a very good feeling right you don't feel too great about the Lakers position right now even if they are healthy like it kind of almost feels like it'd be a little too too late mm -hmm. even if they do get right at the right time yeah agreed unfortunately uh, Adonis Orlando appreciate the super chat there. Uh, SoCal J Lakers will lose in the playing tournament. I don't even get excited when AD plays well, because most likely he'll be injured and out for four weeks again. Uh, knock on wood. Uh, let's hope that's not that's the case. Uh, you know, the Lakers would have to win two games right now. Mm -hmm. And that's why, that's why to me, this game was such a big deal. This game yeah. was such a big deal because you would have vaulted over the Clippers. You want, if you're going to be, now we're at the point where we're talking about play-in tournament positioning. You need to be in the seven or eight or the eight seed going in, because then you only have to win once. Otherwise you got to win twice. I don't want to be in that situation. That's now, fortunately they do play the Clippers a few more times still, but you got to get to that seven or eight seed. But in any event, um, the Lakers are one and a half games back now, just for reference, by the way, of the eight seed. Yeah. No. Two and a half of seven. Not great. Not great. Yeah, not great, Bob. Somebody said you missed my super chat. No, I'm saving them. I'm getting to them. Trust me. I've got a, a whole queue of them here that, I, that I'm going through right now. We are Rip City. Been a defender of Frank for a while, but his lineups, man. Why was Ariza in uh, in the fourth quarter for so long? Offered no resistance on defense. Uh, mm, he's a debatable. hybrid fan, he says. Um, I was wondering with that username, we are Rip City. So as far as why Ariza was in there, well, number one, Carmelo no Anthony's mellow. hurt. And number mm -hmm. two, the Lakers were actually having success. Now, I don't, I won't say they were having success because Ariza was fantastic. No, they were having success in part, I think, because everybody picked it up. I'm not going to say Ariza didn't play any kind of a role in that. 
but as a coach too, if you're having success, what you don't want to do is go in and make a major change, especially if you feel like Ariza's length is helping you contest with Batum, with Morris, players like that that are taller. So I can understand why Frank Vogel stuck with Ariza, even if he's not been great lately. Um, look, let, let's say if it had gone the other way, what if they were playing well and he pulls Ariza and then they lose, right? If things played out just like this, we would be getting people saying, why did he pull Ariza? They were doing great when Ariza was in there. What's Frank Vogel doing? It's a tough position to be in. I understand why he did that, why he left him in there. Um, I think ultimately this it just goes to prove the why they still need another wing player. I mean, I guess my 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 initial thought from that question is, you know, what was the alternative to Ariza in that situation, right? Um, you weren't gonna take Monk off. You weren't gonna take AD out. Um, so that and I. You know, I thought Frank was right to leave Reeves in as long as he did. So I don't think he was going to bench for us for the entire fourth quarter again. So I think he had a spot. So it really just came down to, you know, Ariza, Stanley Johnson, who I think the Clippers were happy to let shoot on the rare occasions that he got looks. So I think Frank didn't like the spacing principles there, at least. And so, you know, I, and if Melo's out, then, yeah, again, like the Lakers don't have forwards. This is a big problem with LeBron out and now with Melo out. Who was who playing power forward for this team? Yeah. Yep. Agreed. That's the problem. That's the problem is you don't, you, you don't have enough wings on this team right now. You've got too many guards, not enough wings. Hulk smash, Clippers, zero stars, Lakers, two stars, no heart. Uh, be, uh, most of the way Beginning, through. Beginning, absolutely. Most of the yeah. way through. I can agree with that. But fourth quarter, they showed a lot of hustle. Matty James said, this was a great game all in all. Unfortunately, no win, but you have to love the fight, especially for Monk and Westbrook. They certainly did fight back, and that was good to see. Better than just saying, oh, we're down 17, forget it, pack it in. They did everything they could to make a push there. I think they were very, I mean, they should have really probably gotten the win. Um, just Anthony Davis' shot missed, and they made a defensive error on the other end of the play before, and that's that's what happens. I wanted to come with a glass half full take, but I knew people weren't going to have that. Yeah. This could have easily been like a 30-point blowout. Could have. I mean, the Clippers shot great all game. It was insane. Insane, yeah. Um, Lord Beerus said, when you need a 37-year-old man, this is a bad team. Well, when that 37-year-old man is LeBron James, James like, but still. It's different. Uh, Jason Kramer, what's your take on Le uh, LeBron rehabbing away from the team? I don't have a problem with that um, rehabbing away from the team. That's fine. The Lakers in particular, because it's a knee issue, Frank Vogel has said rehabbing away from the team. Part of it is keeping him off of his legs. So he's not up walking around the arena doing any of that kind of stuff. And they just want to make sure that he's not, he's not taxing it at all. So I can understand that if that's, if they think it's going to help him heal any faster, even if it's just a little bit, that's fine. I'm not worried about LeBron being away from the team and then coming back and reintegrating him or anything. That's going to be just fine. I don't think it's going to be a problem. Yeah. I mean, let him do what he needs to get healthy. If that has to be away from the team, so be it. <laughs> okay. John uh, Pearsall from Facebook. Trevor Lane never says anything bad about LeBron. I literally like a month ago, maybe it was two months ago, had so many people angry with me for something I said about LeBron. It's so funny that, some of these players are polarizing. I get probably every day, maybe every other day, I get somebody on the same day telling me I make too many excuses for Russell Westbrook. And I also get people telling me I'm not hard enough on, on, on Russell Westbrook. And I get people saying that I, uh, that 
I'm blaming everything on Russ. It, I don't know. To each their own. You can't win, Trevor. You just have to say nothing. <laughs> That's the key. Oh, uh, Ooh, okay. Wait, really quick question. Yeah. Um, after tonight's game, I think it was already trending this way, but Anthony Davis has to be the Draymond Green replacement, right? For the All-Star game? I can make an argument for DeJounte Murray. I That's the other good. name I was going to go to. Yeah. But I think, like, like LeBron gets it clearly because he's been he's been great. AD wasn't great the first part of the season. He's been really good lately, and so I thought think that's got people remembering what he can be. Um, I think he's got an argument for sure. I think if he was healthy, he's clearly in. He's probably a starter if he was healthy. But yep. I could see him getting it and, and being able to justify that. I think people really docked him number one for being injured, which that's fair. But LeBron's been injured too. Um, sure. But they are punishing him for the Lakers record. That's that's what's happening here with Anthony Davis's All Star selection thing. Um, yeah, I mean the Spurs are nine. The Spurs are nineteen and thirty four. Also, to be fair, so same argument works against Dejounte. Well, but people look and say, for whatever reason, team success is tied to this. So they go, oh well, the Lakers are the nine seed. They already have one All Star. As the nine seed, mm. you don't deserve a second All Star. Therefore, it's got to go to somebody else. That's just kind of the way all-star math tends to work. No, that's fair. I mean, I I, I wouldn't be mad if DeJounte Murray made it, but I think AD... What did I say at the top of the season, even when he was struggling? A down year for AD is a career year for most guys. Um, I think before this game, I think his averages have gone up after this game for sure. I think before this game, he was at 24-9, and roughly. Uh, I'd have to imagine he's averaging a double-double now after going 30-17. and I'd have to go look and see. I I can look in a minute here, but... uh, Yeah. Kai's Adventures said, Brutal loss giving us fans false hopes in the last seconds. Yes, oh, they, I got my relationship analogy. Would have been perfect to have Matt in for a win. KP from Singapore, fellow fellow, fellow Filipino here. Uh, hey, Mabuhai, my man. So I don't think, and I saw a lot of people mentioning that on Twitter, saying, oh, it's a, it's going to be another fake comeback and things things like that. Um, I don't know, though. It's... It's not like the Lakers tried to. They did everything they could to try to win this game. Just just came up short at the very end here. Um, Trevor, we are all in a toxic relationship with the Lakers. <laughs> I'm serious. You get your hopes up every single night, and they let you down. And then what do you do the next day? You go right back to them, and you cheer for them, and you support them, and you want to be with them. And they let you down over and over again. Occasionally, they'll they'll surprise you and pull out wins, or in this case, treat you to something nice. And then the next night, they will completely ghost you or leave you on red. That's just how the season's gone. <sighs> That's troubling. That's it troubling. really is, and we all fall for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, insert uh, Joaquin Phoenix Joker GIF. That's us. <laughs> we are all clowns for this. George Torres says Vogel has to go. Defense is too complicated for these guys and offense is too disorganized with no flow. At least Fizdale would run better offensive schemes. I'm, is that true though? I mean, Vogel was the one who was talking all about why he's going small to make sure that he's got enough shooting and scoring on the floor. I don't know if it's his defense being so complicated just as much as he doesn't really have the players to execute on the defensive end of the floor, the way that he would like them to. Um, no, 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 Trevor. That's an excuse. They just need to play harder. Play harder. Man up. Hang on. Hang on. Oh, wait, hang on. Let me cross my arms. Man up. <laughs> All right, Scott. <laughs> Sergeant Dokes. <laughs> Basketball convos with Mike said, I get it. Take the bucket when it's there, but why not take the last shot out of the timeout? 
great play call, but you gave the Clippers too much time, and then you had to rely on a desperation shot again because it gives you it gives you two opportunities. That's that's why. You don't assume that the Clippers are going to score. You yeah. It gives you it it gives you two opportunities to either win or extend the game, whereas waiting and then running out the clock gives you one. Now you can say run the clock down and then shoot. And then if the Clippers get the ball, you foul and then you can get it back. But still it's look, if you've got a lob dunk and it's Anthony Davis catching the lob, you throw that thing, right? You, you throw it. And look, if it's Wayne Ellington, for some reason, that's there for the lob. Okay. Maybe you don't, but when it's Anthony Davis wide open for a lob, you throw that thing. I don't care how much time's on the clock. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. No, like the alternative here, like what, like think about it, like from a coach's standpoint, right? If you wanted to just run the clock and you throw the ball in, you're giving the Clippers a chance to set their defense. Mm -hmm. And it is so much harder to score against a set half court defense, as opposed to an out of timeout play where you get to run all your actions before you throw the ball in. It's, it's again, I think people are upset because the result didn't favor the Lakers in this case, but I absolutely think it was the right play. Um, Again, situation, right? You score, you're up one. There's like 12 seconds on the clock. Clippers have no timeouts. They've got to bring the ball all the way across half court, and then they have to shoot and hopefully score. Um, I think in most situations, you probably take that, especially if you're the team leading by one. Mm -hmm. Agreed. Uh, Peter Wilder said, if you can't get a stop with the game on the line, you don't deserve to win anyway. They didn't go too early. It was perfect execution. Yep, that's that's what that's we kind of it. Here. Oh, yeah. John McElhaney had said donation to the Trevor Lane haircut fund. I know I meant to go get it done this week and it just has not happened. I need to go get a haircut. That's why I didn't come yesterday because I got my haircut today. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Master Lock. Oh, no. Lord, Bir Lord Bira said Master Lock AD. He took dumb threes. Drive to the rim. Master Lock AD when he put up 30 and 17? My man, that's some misplaced anger, my he friend. He was 0 for 2 from 3, but man, I mean... He's got to take those shots. Eventually, those threes have to start falling for him. He's got to be, what, sure? like 15% on the season or something like that at this point. But uh, I'm not going to get too mad at Anthony Davis for when he went 0 for 2. If he was 0 for 10 or something, okay, sure, we could talk about it. But 0 for 2 for 3 on a 30 and 17 night when he powered your team, I can't, I can't complain there. Pretty ballsy move to master lock the guy that had the best game out of every player tonight. Yeah, he was the best player on the floor. 100%. All right. Andre Johnson. This is where we miss JaVale McGee because Anthony Davis will be able to guard high-low. McGee plays low to stop shots like Reggie's shot. I mean, that was in transition, though, in a half court. Sure. Sure. Yeah, he helped you out with the rim protection. Vector Nova. I feel like THT should take more mid-range shots. He seems to play better when he's allowed to take them. Bays should not have played with THT playing well today. The fast break should count uh tht 21 minutes tonight four for seven one of two from three two assists nine points one block i thought tht was just fine in this game same in this game i was actually a little surprised he didn't get more minutes but maybe this was a hey let's build on success thing here you played great for this part 
and maybe matchup wise Frank Vogel saw something he didn't like and said you know what let's just let's try to keep this confidence here and we'll build on this for next game I mean yeah I mean where would you have slotted THT in the fourth quarter like at what point I mean what all, all you could do is maybe replace Reeves with THT did you want to did you want to do that though? because no. I thought Reeves was playing just fine yeah no I mean then I, I think that you needed Reeves for his defensive activity so I'm not saying I'm just saying if, I, if you had to that's maybe what you would do but yeah, but like, yeah, again, like you're not taking out Monk. You're not going to take AD. I mean, if you wanted to say take out Russ, by all means, but I don't think that would have been the right play. Um, by the way, can I shout out Austin Reeves? Because um, real quick, one of the things I pointed out in that fourth quarter was that they had Reeves on Kennard, who was killing the Lakers in the first half. Uh, he had 10 points and he finished the night with 10 points. Mm -hmm. I don't think that is a coincidence. Yeah. That's... That's... A, I mean, I... I understand where Austin Reeves at times he's just he's physically not strong enough right when he you can see that in a play but I think he also makes some really smart plays and for crying out loud he dunked a ball tonight he did he got a dunk we rarely Air Reeves so he took flight tonight I think that I loved I think it that was his second one of the season um I mean, just to further push my agenda, and I know I don't like using plus minus, but just to push the agenda, like I said, Avery Bradley, a minus 13, Austin Reeves, plus six. Yep. How many minutes did AB get? Avery Bradley, 20. 20. Austin Reeves, 25. 25. Um, here's my question. if Why, why have a token start if you're not going to close with that guy? Yeah. I mean, it's a, I think... And we've been saying this for a while. I think when LeBron comes back, which it might be next game, right? It's sounding like he's not far off. If he comes back next game, I'm not taking Monk out of the starting lineup. I'm not. It's it's Avery Bradley. Yeah, I'm leaving, and I'm not taking Stanley Johnson out. I think that we've seen what why you need these bigger wings. I'm rolling with Russell Westbrook, Malik Monk, Stanley Johnson, LeBron James, Anthony Davis. That's my starting five. I'm in agreement right with you. Um, but <laughs> that's not going to happen. So don't get your hopes up. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, Lord Bear's dreams of the play-in is fool's gold. The team is bad. No, I think they're going to make the play-in because I don't think anybody's going to catch them. The teams that are behind them aren't trying are behind. to catch them. They're way behind. Uh, the Just for reference, the Lakers are actually, what is this? Um, I'm doing math, right? Five games ahead yeah. of the Pelicans were in 11th. Um, remember the plan is between the seed seven and 10. Mm -hmm. Uh, so the trailblazers are right behind the Lakers. They are three and a half games back behind the Lakers. So unless the Lakers just have a massive skid, which, you know, <laughs> definitely within the realm of possibilities. Um, no, I think the Lakers play in spot is safe. It's just a matter of getting out of the play in, which is, man, I cannot believe I'm saying that sentence on February 3rd, but if they get out of the, getting out of the play in will be the challenge here. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it definitely will be. And then when they do, and if they do, Golden State or Phoenix, round one. Yep, my favorite. Uh, Avi B said, AD's proven he can't carry the team like a true superstar. I don't know. He put up 30 uh... and 17 tonight. Like, that's what, what more do you want from, from him? 30 and 17. 45 and 20. 45 and 20, I guess. I guess. Um, <laughs> let me see what else we've got here. We do need to get to the master lock and all that stuff, too. So, uh, Monk should get playmaking duties more like tonight. He's very underrated. Agreed. I'm, I'm at the point where I'm just hoping the Lakers could figure out some way to keep him next year because he has been absolutely fantastic. Malik Monk has been has been great. Hey, I have a question for uh -huh. you. Um, 
this is going to sound blasphemous after his night, Uh-oh. but um, assuming that Malik Monk isn't going to be a Laker next season because the Lakers just can't afford to pay him, do you try to sell high? I don't. If he was on like a $13 million contract or something, I would consider it a little bit more strongly. But on the contract yes. that he's on, it's tough, right? Because I 100% agree. I wouldn't do it. I'm just posing the question. Because I don't think you're going to get the value for it. And this is this is why. it's not. I'm not just like a dead set no. You just don't trade him. He's too good. But to any team that's trading for him, they know that they're probably only renting him for a few months. So how much yep. are they really going to pay? Is it going to be enough value for the Lakers to say, oh, that's worth us not having the firepower of Malik Monk down the stretcher. And he's been a major piece of their offense. So... I don't see a deal happening there. Now, again, if he was at like 13 million and he had another deer on his deal and teams were willing to give up a bunch for him, then maybe you start looking at it. But I mean, I just, I don't think the Lakers are going to get enough in exchange to make it worth it. Here, here's me being the Lakers fan that likes to work the trade machine or at least propose trades that probably will never happen. Um, if you were a contending team and said, I need more bench scoring, Malik Monk would be a perfect fit, right? Um, do you think Malik Monk's worth a first-round pick right now if he was just in the open market? If he was in the open market, like if he's a free agent? Like if he's available. If like if the Clip if the Lakers said, you know what, we're gonna we're open to trading Monk, but we want picks. I think he's worth it. I don't know if anybody I don't know like would I rather give a first round pick for Malik Monk or Terrence Ross? Malik Monk. I would too, yes. Would Malik Monk or Eric Gordon if you're trying to win this season? Uh, I'm assuming the contracts are out of the way and it's just a pure, yeah. who do I want in a vacuum? Um, I would probably lean Eric Gordon. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Cecil Jackson. This is on Vogel. This is a game Ariza should have started over Avery Bradley. Lakers were way too small. Vogel's lack of adjustments are frustrating. I do agree the Lakers are too small, but I don't think anybody was calling for Ariza to start. Not before tonight. Yeah. No. He, he looked, let's face it, he looked unplayable. For Bad. certain games. Um, who would you have started? I mean, I'm assuming Ariza over Bradley in this case, right? Yeah, I mean that that was all you could have done. Uh, I mean, you could have, knowing Volker, we could have done something crazy like taking Monk out. Because mm-hmm. you know he loves Avery Bradley. You shouldn't. You shouldn't. <laughs> you shouldn't. Uh, Bruce Barnes, tell Ivan Z that wouldn't help the starting five much. Okay. There you go. Uh, I, oh, Ivan Z. Sorry, I, I missed Ivan Z's comment. With a competent front office, our starting five could have been Lowry, Monk, Barnes, LeBron, and AD. Hi from Argentina. Well, hello from Argentina. Um, so I'm assuming you're saying that you make the Lowry trade, THT, Schroeder, KCP. You still get Monk, which I don't know if that's a lock. You still get Monk on the market. And then you're trading for Harrison Barnes. I'm assuming you're packaging up Kuzma and Harrell. And assuming that you can do the bait and switch on Sacramento and say, oh, no, no, never mind. We don't want Buddy Heald. We want Harrison Barnes. That's the deal I made with Sanjesh. I mean, it makes sense. That is. And that, <laughs> I got it. that team looks good. I'll, I'll admit that team looks good. Uh, Javier, Javier says uh, Dwight needs more minutes. I thought Dwight was pretty good in the minutes that he was in there. There were, some, there were a few moments where I went, Dwight last year or year before last gets that rebound. And this time he just didn't have the lift, but I thought he was a positive when he was out on the floor tonight. I thought so too. I mean, I just think the Clipper style of play was not really conducive to a Dwight Howard game, but when he was in there, you know, playing against, you know, Isaiah Hardenstein, um, 
who the broadcast had a weird obsession yeah. with his last name. It was weird. Um, but anyway, uh, when you're playing against backup bigs like that, yeah, throw Dwight Howard out there. But if the Clippers are going small and spacing you out, um, probably not the best idea. And, I, you know, 10 minutes, um, maybe he could have played a couple more, but I think that's about the sweet spot for Dwight at this point in his career. Andrew Escamilla. Escamilla said, I love the five-second defensive hold in the on the inbound. Yes, I saw the Clippers were upset, and I thought that happened to, that the, was quick. It happened to the Lakers the other night. The same yeah. thing happened to the Lakers the other night. So I'm like, okay, well, if you're if you're consistent. Uh, Jay Singh said, Lakers need to work on late-game offense. There was no flow and felt forced. There were moments where it felt like the Lakers tensed up and like they weren't quite sure what their goal was, what, what it was they were trying to get to, particularly if the Clippers shut down their first option or even their second option. Um, then they, they really struggled with what do we do next to adapt? Um, so I can, under, it did look clunky during certain moments. It certainly didn't look as free flowing as when they were down big and it was like, Hey, we just got to go and let's make some stuff happen. Once the game got closer and it started to get more tense and the Clippers started really trying to lock down on defense and it's more half court offense. I thought the Lakers started to indeed make some mistakes on that end of the floor. Yep, this is where the over-reliance on LeBron James in late-game situations hurts very much. And it kind of goes back to the point about having Malik Monk run the offense because if uh, you're having Russell Westbrook at the top of the key and he's not a threat to shoot outside or at least you know teams aren't going to give him that shot, it's just going to compromise your offense a lot more. Um, an indictment on Russ, a you know pro in the way of Malik Monk, but that's just, you know... I'm assuming the Lakers haven't repped a lot of you know late-game situations without LeBron James, so... Not an excuse, just saying that that's probably the reason for it. Sorry, let me, I got to put the disclaimer out there. We are going to get to the master lock of the night in just a moment. Uh, Mook Morris, it's insane that we can't beat the Clippers even without their stars. Kudos to their team depth and coaching style. Shows the right coaching staff and the right attitude. They have a great team chemistry. Yeah, there's some credit for the Clippers. Uh, can I can I say something real quick? Sure. I think it's just a matter of they, this team has literally zero pressure on them to win games. They mm -hmm. don't. It's a built-in excuse. If they lose, yeah, it makes sense. No Kawhi PG, like what we've been saying. But if they win, oh, yeah, great. So you can just tell that they're playing not, you know, stressful basketball at all. They're just going out there playing as hard as they can. If they win, they win. And if they lose, there's no consequences because no one's expected them to win anything. So it's so growing up, I played a ton of soccer and my, my position was goalkeeper. That was my position. And people would always be like, what, don't you get nervous during shootouts and stuff? Like, no. Those are fantastic because no one expects me to make this. Like the shooter is supposed to score every single time, right? That's kind of the position the Clippers are in. Anytime they lose, they can just go, oh, well, that, that's what was supposed to happen. But if they win, it's, oh my gosh, this is amazing. It's the same house money. It's the same thing. When I made a save, it was like the greatest thing ever. And if I got scored on, it was, well, yeah, that that's the way this was supposed to go down. Clippers are playing with house money, man. The Lakers are unfortunately the team that everyone thinks is supposed to win. And then when they lose, it's like the world's falling apart. <laughs> Somebody asked, will AD ever get his shot back? I would argue that it's coming back. This is this it is, looks this is Larry Bird with a Y instead of an I in Bird. Asked, will AD ever get his shot back? The mid-range shot is back from what we've seen. And he looks really confident stepping into it. He's taking it. It's the three that just hasn't been back. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess to be fair, maybe you're saying that because he hasn't taken as many jumpers as we've seen in the past. Mm -hmm. But I mean, he's playing more center now, so he's closer to the rim and he's dominating the painted area. I think he's shooting the highest percentage he has in his career, which is awesome. Um, yeah, let him let him keep dominating that area if he's going to keep playing that well there. Yeah, but as far as the mid-range jumper goes, I think it looks fine. Mechanically, it looks fine all year. 
It's just they're finally going down. Jacing. Jason. Oh, somebody said Trevor the Wall Lane. Ah, I was never that good. I was decent though. And in fact, penalty kicks were, were my one of my other things that I was actually pretty to, good to at. To your horn, baby. Pretty good at. Uh Jay Singh said uh skip bayless michael jordan would come back and play better than westbrook or lebron at age of at the age of 58 just kidding anyways we got this yes we are going to see i'm sure some hot takes out there uh rick madden tht two veteran minimums and, uh, and second round picks for marvin bagley and damian jones this team needs to get younger and longer i would not do that no. As much as Trevor loves Trevor, as much as Trevor Lane loves Damian Jones, I'm not sure he would do that either. Yeah, Bagley has not been good. Bagley has not been good. But I do get, you know, in terms of you need another kind of four or five ish guy. I don't, I understand it, but I, I don't think that's a trade I would do. Uh, Garen Glass, he said, "Is this live? It is live indeed, man." And appreciate the super chat. Couple more. Wait, he he donated just to ask if we just were alive right now. We were alive. Man, what kind of money you got that you can yeah, do that? That's I mean, balling, hey, bro. I'll tell you, it was even it was a ten dollars super chat to ask, "Is this hey. live?" Yes, I'll go. If you pay me ten dollars, I'll go live right now after the show. <laughs> uh, Lords of the Sky said, "Shout out to Matt for his Rams beating my Niners." I'll be rooting hey, for you know what? the GG, NFC man. to that win was... the Super Bowl. GG, man. I was a very stressful game. I was gonna throw up honestly half that game. Um, and yeah, hard-earned win. I have nothing but respect for the Niners. You know, as much as I don't like playing against them mm. because they always kick our butts, um, that was a hard-fought game, man. That could have gone either way. So um, congrats to you guys. You guys beat some really hard teams. The Rams came up when they needed to, and I'm super excited for a Super Bowl. At least one LA team has the potential not to let me down this season. Oh, the potential. The potential. We'll see what happens. I'm not we'll, jinxing we'll it. The happens. Bengals are a very good they team. Are. I respect my opponents. I'm not... I, I hate it when everyone's like, the, the Rams are going to blow out the Bengals. That's... I'm not... Nope. Not buying into any of that, Trevor. I want you to know how crazy this is. I've been wearing, I've been watching the game at my parents' house, so I go there every Sunday. I wear the same thing. I sit in the same spot and I don't move because they won the wild card like that. So I was like, all right, I'm gonna do it for Tampa Bay. They won that game. Did it the same thing for the Four Niners game. Didn't move. Wore the same things. Won. Yeah. So I'm gonna do the same exact thing for Super Bowl weekend. You know what you got to do. Uh, yep. Super Chat here said, just want to say thanks for giving us venting therapy every time it's a loss. And they also said, Matt, they sent you a message on IG. Give you a shout out, please. So you're going to have to go check that out. Somebody else that follows you on, on Instagram. On Instagram. Hey, look at that. My super chat just mentioned by Trevor. What's up, man? There's your shout out. There it is. There it is. Uh, nice hoodie, Trevor. Where'd you get it? I got it from Fanatics. I wish I'd gotten one size bigger, but it is one of my favorites. Just a Lakers hoodie. It's, it's, it, it shows off the muscles well, Trevor. Yeah. I'm working on that. Working on that. Yeah. I gotta, I gotta get into like cutting some weight here, but that's that's a whole different story. Um, Avi B said, Gordon over Monk, explain yourself. Uh, more versatile defender. Um, I think that's just what the Lakers need right now. Monk's small. That's that's really it. Um, Eric Gordon's a vet, has playoff experience. Um, I've seen him hold up pretty well against twos, threes, and fours in, in certain situations, and I think the Lakers need more of that. It's not an indictment against Monk. It's just, again, skill sets and needs. Uh, I love Malik Monk. Um, I, I'm, I'm not saying the Lakers should go trade Monk and take Eric Gordon. I'm just saying that, you know, if you're asking me what player would I rather have for the specific Lakers team, it's probably Eric Gordon. But that's not to say I don't like Malik Monk, and I think he's been amazing and far exceeded everyone's expectations, I think, at this point. Absolutely. Absolutely. Would you take Monk or Gordon? Which one would you take, Trevor? I mean, I, I've seen a lot of Monk, so I, I've liked what we've seen from him this year. I especially like his ability to distribute, although Eric Gordon is really good at that, too. 
I'm gonna lean Monk. I'm gonna lean Monk. Mm, I, maybe that's just me watching too many Rockets games because I'm a sports betting degenerate now. Oh, so okay. Yeah. Uh, I've got more healthy Lakers will win the chip. I said it first. Okay. I like the optimism. All right. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta throw that back to our man Skyler because he's been telling me all the time the Lakers are gonna win, all right. no matter what. We'll see. So, we'll see. All right, let's do the master lock of the night. We do need to get to that. We're already over time here, and I've got to do radio in about fifteen minutes. So let's get into the master lock of the night here. Chat, let us know what are you putting in the master lock. Is it a Lakers player? Is it a Clippers player? Is it something else? Let us know what's getting master lock from you guys, Matt. What are you putting in the master lock? Uh, I'm going to say I'm going to master lock myself for two reasons. One, it's because I came on the show, so that's why they lost, oh. obviously. Um, and then two, the reason why is because I got my hopes up, Trevor. I got excited. I audibly yelled when uh, I don't I don't. Can you can you silently yell? I guess I don't know. I, uh, I made a very loud noise when Monk hit that three that put the Lakers up. Right. Um, and then I thought they were going to win. And then I got and, you know, came heartbreak. So it's my fault. I just, I, I can't let myself feel those things. At least now we know. Now we know. Um, my master lock, it's going to go to Reggie Miller. <laughs> it's going to Reggie Miller. You know, I watch these games with, on mute. I hope you know, I watch these games on mute. <laughs> that was, it was rough. It was rough watching this game, and I felt like, okay, I talked about, right, how some people are present themselves as, okay, I'm a national reporter, and I don't, I don't root for any team anymore. I'm not saying this is Reggie Miller, but it was very apparent that Reggie Miller really, 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 really likes Russell Westbrook, and he can't help but think, is it a UCLA thing? Like, is that what's going on here? Because he said a bunch of times, well, you know, Russ plays hard. Okay. But it, anyway, it was, it was a tough listen tonight and i thought I, I thought reggie a lot of nights i thought i thought reggie was peak reggie and that certainly was not was not a fun experience through a game that already wasn't wasn't great so that's what i'm going with i mean i, I guess if i had to give a serious answer it'd probably just be that entire first half it's like watching two people throw rocks at each other oh yeah. it was so rough not even because the Lakers were losing. It was just like, man, I, I think the TNT broadcast was even, or uh, the inside the NBA guys were saying like, it was just hard to watch that half. He, and people are mentioning it in the, in the chat here. He was also all about Trevor Ariza, another UCLA, UCLA guy. He was talking, he was, he basically <laughs> was, was insinuating that or implying that the Lakers turnaround was because of Trevor Ariza. He did say that. Yeah. And I'm like, that's not going sure a that's 100 bit too mm. far there. Like Trevor Ariza wouldn't say that he was the reason for the Lakers turnaround. And we talked about why skill set wise, he, you know, they need what he, what a player his size can do. But it was a little interesting how in on all the UCLA guys he was. And I'm like, hmm. Well, you know, to be completely fair to Reggie Miller, Trevor Ariza did have the plus, the best plus minus out of every player tonight on both teams. Ah. Mm -hmm. <sighs> Uh, somebody asked Trevor, is that hoodie purple on the bottom? Yep, it's black, white, and then purple. All right, guys. Let's wrap things up. We're already in overtime. Appreciate everybody joining us. Difficult one. Tough loss for the Lakers. They're back in action soon on Saturday, taking on the Knicks. Hopefully, they can get a win and get a win for Matt the Optimist Peralta. <laughs> oh, man. I hope so. Because uh, My little heart can't take this anymore, Trevor. Because... Matt is going to be on Saturday's show, and I will as well. 
So we'll we'll be there on Saturday, and uh, hopefully we can break the curse, Matt, and get you a win. Yeah, if not, if they if they honestly lose on Saturday, Trevor, you might never see me on a video or podcast ever again. Yeah, it'll probably be a solo show. Probably be a solo yep. show. All right, everybody. Appreciate all of you joining us. Make sure you stay safe out there. Until next time. See ya. The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing, but you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.